Welcome to the Canadian SME Podcast, a podcast for Canadian small businesses. We interview Canadian experts and entrepreneurs to provide expert insight into marketing, innovation, business leadership, technology, and trends that impact small business. Our mission is to empower Canadian small and medium enterprise to help you grow your business. Hello, listeners, and welcome to another riveting episode of our podcast. Today's conversation holds a special place in our hearts as we record during National Indigenous History Month, a time when we celebrate and recognize the rich histories, cultures, and contributions of Indigenous communities in our nation. This is Ryan Bennett from Canadian SME Small Business Magazine, and it's an honor to welcome our distinguished guest, Stephen Vanoffield, the CEO of eSupply Canada. A proud member of the Nishabe community, has dedicated his life to advocating for Indigenous rights and interests. His journey is one of resilience, innovation, and unwavering commitment to the betterment of his people. In today's episode, we delve into how Stephen's cultural heritage and personal background has significantly influenced his unique approach to community engagement and business development. We also discuss how his diverse professional experiences has shaped his dynamic leadership style, enabling him to navigate successfully through the spheres of marketing, economic development, and Indigenous governance. A significant highlight of Stephen's career is his transformative work in child welfare system in Ontario. His tireless efforts have improved outcomes for countless Indigenous children, families, and communities, an achievement that continues to impact his work at eSupply Canada. Speaking of eSupply Canada, it holds the unique distinction of being the only franchise in Canada focused on Indigenous community ownership. Stephen discussed the u- unique opportunities and challenges he's encountered and shares his vision for the company's fo- future impact on Indigenous communities. Furthermore, he imparts invaluable advice for business owners looking to establish meaningful, mutual, beneficial relationships with Indigenous communities. This episode is truly enlightening, offering a profound insight into the importance of Indigenous history, culture, and entrepreneurial spirit in shaping our modern society. So sit back, relax, and get ready to be inspired by the remarkable journey of Stephen Vanoffield, a leader, a successful entrepreneur, and an empowering voice for Indigenous communities across Canada. Thank you for joining us on this special occasion of National Indigenous History Month, and let's dive in. Hi, Stephen. On behalf of uh, Canadian SME, I would like to welcome you to our small business podcast. How are you today? Ryan, it's really great to be here. Thanks for having me. Oh, the pleasure's ours. So um, as a respected Anishinaabe leader, uh, you're dedicated many years to advancing the rights and interests of Indigenous peoples. Uh, could you share with us how you how your cultural heritage and personal background has shaped your unique approach to uh, community engagement and business development? So I think I'll focus on the business development side of your question. Uh, you're right. I am Anishinaabe. I'm from Saugeen First Nation. I'm founder and CEO of eSupply Canada. We're a national online distributor of office janitorial industrial supplies. And, you know, I think my background has uh, has been fundamental to who I am and to the success that I've that I've uh, achieved as a, as a business person. Like many Indigenous people, you know, we come from adversity, right? Colonization has has very real impacts on on my family, my community, Indigenous peoples, kind of writ large. Nobody has been 
immune to to the experiences and and the impacts of colonization and intergenerational impacts of colonization. Um, I say that's made me a stronger person, right? It has made me a resilient person. And I think if you speak with many indigenous people or anyone that has, you know, has has a similar background, people from diverse communities, you know, resilience is key. Like we face obstacles, you name it, you know, whether being uh, the only colored person in a boardroom, whether it be, you know, the first person from your family to go to school, mm -hmm. um, those are challenges, right? We face roadblocks and obstacles that other people may not necessarily face, you know, they face different challenges, sure, but mm -hmm. being the only person uh, from your background in a room of, of non-Indigenous peoples can be intimidating. And I think it's from the strength and the resilience that I experience growing up and continue to grow through that allows me to be a great business leader. It also makes me empathetic mm -hmm. right? um, because I'm able to take an empathetic approach to staff or customers or whatever the case might be. Try to look at where other people are coming from before jumping to conclusions, right? As much as I would like to, um, sometimes, you know, taking a more measured approach has has been important. Really listening to what people are saying and even what they're not saying right, is just as important. And I think that has been incredibly, incredibly important to myself as a business leader, as an employer, as a partner, and, you know, just a, just a general person all around. So, you know, overcoming adversity and culture is is fundamental to who I am as a as an Anishinaabe and as a business person. Wow, very insightful. Uh, so uh, my next question is your your professional portfolio is immensely diverse and encompassing uh, marketing, economic development, and indigenous governance. Uh, we're curious to know how have you varied how has these varied experiences uh, influenced your leadership style? as a CEO of uh, eSupply Canada, like, like you already said, you, uh, you have more empathetic uh, view. Um, is there anything else you can add to that? So I'd say the most, one of the most important um, uh, elements that, that my eclectic background has, has brought is that, you know, I do again, look from a, a diversity of perspectives. I want to hear from everybody in the room. Mm -hmm. And I, I take time for when we're on our team meetings, when, you know, where I'm, I'm out in business circles and events, I want to hear from everyone. You know, I don't just want to hear from the people that say yes all the time or, or the naysayers. I want to, mm -hmm. I want the diversity of opinions. Because it's only when you're able to reflect on the diversity opinions that, you know, you can go forward with the best knowledge, you know, and make the best decisions. And I think, you know, any business leader or, or anyone that is aware of that would, would say a similar uh, sort of thing. And so when I set up eSupply, giving back to community was core to our mission, right? Like 1% of net sales actually goes back to our eSupply Future Leader Scholarship Program. That's a way to pay it forward. That's a mm -hmm. way to acknowledge the communities that support us. We want to be able to give back and support them. You know, I want to be able to support the next generation of Indigenous business leaders. They might not know it now, but putting those supports in front of them, giving them opportunity is what's really going to allow them to make a difference in their families, in, in their communities, and, and nationwide, right? Yeah, I've yeah. had opportunity 
both challenges and opportunities throughout my career. You know, I went down a nonprofit path. I worked for government. So, you know, I've got a background in political science and advertising. I have a very, you know, diverse background that ultimately has led me here. And, um, you know, I've learned from all of those experiences. And I mm-hmm. think that makes me a, a better leader overall um, and in driving this company forward, being true to our mission, our vision and values, having them grounded in culture, specifically the, the seven grandfather teachings, that allows us to be true to who we are mm-hmm. and create value for, for our customers that maybe they don't actually get to see on a day-to-day basis. Yeah. Um, being true to our customers and even our competitors, you know, we compete in this market economy and, you know, we need to differentiate. And when apples come to apples, what differentiates someone is their values, right? That's and right. our traditional values is really what sets us apart. Wow. Uh, so as we are in the uh, midst of National Indigenous History Month, uh, it seems like the perfect moment to uh, reflect on its importance. Uh, could you share with us how the celebration of diverse histories, cultures, and uh, contributions of Indigenous communities have impacted your journey as an entrepreneur? Yeah, that's kind of a big and, and deep question. I mean, yeah. I am a First Nation man. Like, I have mm-hmm. lived experience as a First Nation man, you know, growing up in a rural, remote community, moving to the city when, when I was younger, and not really seeing my people um, as much as I would have back home, right? Like I was mm-hmm. I moved to Toronto when I was 19 and didn't see many faces like myself. And it wasn't until I sought out our cultural centers, our friendship centers, and those circles that I was able to see what a vibrant um, community that we have. Mm-hmm. You know, I no longer live in Toronto, but, um, you know, over 80,000 Indigenous people call uh, Toronto home. That's a big community. Yeah, a lot of culture. People coming from across Turtle Island. Your listeners, you know, that's that's Canada. People, a lot of people converging over there. So you got a, a rich and vibrant history, and it's great to really see that being celebrated. You know, you go down to uh, Toronto City Hall. You, you've got the, the the four colors over there. You know, within the the um, the logo out front. That's a beautiful thing to see, and to be a part of that, and to have our culture shared with you know really a a world class city is is truly phenomenal. So. Just watching culture flourish, watching people take it in, and I encourage more people to take it in. This is Indigenous History Month. You know, we have a rich history um, that I think everyone needs to know about, and I see it growing. You know, when I attend powwows, when I attend other cultural festivals, I see people wanting to know more. You know, people aren't as scared to visit the community. People are mm-hmm. asking more questions around how can I get involved. One of my customers, three years ago, I think they started out celebrating Orange Shirt Day. And this is a, a large, you know, international um, customer. Mm-hmm. I think they said that they had, you know, very few people participating in, in Orange Shirt Day. Well, three years later, you know, hundreds if not thousands of their staff are participating in, in Orange Shirt Day. So you can see that... Yeah. The knowledge is growing. You know, people mm-hmm. want to say, how can I participate? Either in reconciliation or economic reconciliation. Like that's yeah. important, right. And so it, it's it's a beautiful thing to see. Yeah, for sure. Uh so you did mention about how you uh portion of your profits go towards uh developing First Nation youth and their education. Uh, and, and, you know, you've, you've played a, a crucial role in transforming the uh the child welfare system in Ontario leading up to to uh, improve outcomes for Indigenous children and uh, families and communities. 
How does these experience influence your work at East Lake Canada and shape your approach uh, to community economic development? So child welfare, yes, I was, uh, you know, I did have a, a small role in, in helping transform that, you know, and I think in that experience, it was, I was leading a membership organization. And so it was really about listening to the needs of the members and the people that they serve and having all that information flow in and how can I best support what it is that they were doing. It wasn't a top down, it was really a community centered grassroots knowledge sharing that came in and then flowed out to, to the tables that I sat at. So it's, and it's really about listening to the people, you know, and as a business owner, it's about constantly going back to our customers and saying, what are we doing right? You know, what do we need to improve upon? You know, how else can we help you create value or how can we create value within the company so that you are, you are receiving additional benefits, right? I mean, we sell supplies. And people can go and get the supplies that we sell from anywhere, you know, and they can go to any big box store, right? Yeah. Because why would they come to us as an Indigenous-owned business, right? Yes, it's an Indigenous-owned business, but what else do they get from that? And that's what we try to create. And so I think listening to the grassroots people in that in that experience was was fundamental to, to where I am today. And I also served on council uh, at my uh, First Nation. And I saw you know, a vibrant community. I saw a rich community, but I also saw many of the economic development challenges that we face, right? Mm -hmm. A lot of indigenous communities, in particular mine, had a uh, few businesses to keep the flow of capital within the community. And so our budgets would just leave the community. Economic leakage, right? It's a major issue within many indigenous communities. It would go to the surrounding towns and surrounding retailers, you know, and these businesses basically took our First Nations business for granted. And I said, you know, that's a shame. They're not courting our business. They get it simply because they exist. Mm -hmm. What are we purchasing from outside of the community that we can begin purchasing from ourselves and taking those profits and reinvesting back into our programs and into our people? And that was really the, the genesis for what would become e-supply, right? We give Indigenous communities a, a means to address economic leakage to partner with developers in their territory. And that all came from being a part of community, seeing the opportunity and seeing the challenges and then creating a business that addressed those issues. So really all of these experiences really helped um, propel me to where I am. Wow. Um, so as a founder and CEO of uh, East Play Canada, uh, you have established a groundbreaking model, uh, being the only franchise company in Canada focused on indigenous community ownership. Um, could could you talk more about some of the unique uh, challenges and opportunities you faced and how you envision the future impact on your community uh, of your community? Uh, sorry, on your of your company on indigenous communities? So, I mean, again, going back to to my time on council, right? And it was looking at where is our revenue going? Mm -hmm. What are we purchasing from outside of the community? And is there a model or is there currently um, a place where we can acquire those supplies ourselves. And there wasn't at the time. Um, did I have a dream of waking up one day and starting a, an online distributor that sells office, janitorial, and industrial supplies? No, you know, but yeah. I saw the opportunity and I saw the need. And yes, we sell supplies, but the franchise model is, it's an important model because we give now communities the, the, the opportunity to own their own digital franchise. Mm -hmm. We give them access to over a million supplies. 
Our business model is dropship. We go direct to manufacturers, which means that we're able to be incredibly um, cost competitive, right? Because we're not warehousing stuff. And the cost savings that are realized, we net back to the community so they can reinvest that back into, into you know, people and programs. It's a simple model, but mm-hmm. it's an exciting model, right? Definitely. And, uh, you know, the barrier to entry is incredibly low. Like we were specific about that. We want communities to be able to, to own this with, you know, little to no cost. And I mean, it's been it's been a great model. We've got a lot of attention from it, and uh, we're bringing this across Canada. So you know, it's it all started out in community, and as you see, it's all focused around giving back to community and supporting community. Definitely, wow, that that's amazing. Um, so uh, my last question: uh, There are many business owners in our audience who are keen to build uh, meaningful and mutual beneficial relationships with. Uh, indigenous communities. What what key piece of advice would you give them in this regard? Yeah, I think a lot of people, communities, governments want to build those relationships. It's long overdue. These relationships mm-hmm. are long overdue. You know, and so everyone is kind of rushing to, you know, how do I participate? I think that's great, but we need to take a step back and say, how do we do this properly? What does it take? Right. And that begins by simply just listening to Indigenous peoples and communities as well as organizations. Mm -hmm. Those are the ones that have been lobbying and advocating for years that these relationships need to be mended. And so now there's a willingness, there's an openness to that. And so the first step is just simply to listen to Indigenous peoples. You know, what do you want? What do you need? What does this relationship look like? What do you bring to the table? What do we bring to the table? And how do we find a path forward? Mm-hmm. Right? That's, you know, in its simplic- simplistic form, the path forward. Yeah. It's, it's also about stepping to the table with meaningful partnerships, you know, and capacity to build those partnerships, particularly for big companies, mm-hmm. right? There's a lot of great companies out there that are doing some phenomenal things. Some really transformational partnerships are spreading up all around Canada. You know, I can, I can name several off the top of my head. But those partnerships have been hard fought, hard earned after years of relationship building. You can't have a hundred plus years of, of colonization and ruptured relationships and displacement and you know environmental degradation without having to rebuild those relationships, right? Mm-hmm. And it doesn't happen overnight. So companies need to be willing to invest the time in the relationships to mend those fences and go forward in a good path. Because most indigenous communities, you know, they want to enter into these partnerships, but they want it to be sustainable. You know, they want to participate in the benefits that derive from these, you know, from these relationships. And ultimately, it's about putting in the work. It's about Definitely. putting in the work. You know, it's not about, you know, window dressing and beads and trinkets. It's about putting in the work to get to where, you know, both parties, Indigenous, non-Indigenous, are saying, you know, this works for us. Yeah. And have issues along the way, of course. All relationships do. But once that foundation is built on trust and mutual respect, those relationships flourish and you can overcome those differences along the way. So listen, build the partnerships and put in the work and uh, let the rest flourish from there. Wow. Uh, so I want to thank you for providing such an insightful and amazing interview 
Um, and thank you so much for coming on the Canadian SME podcast. You bet. Thank you very much for having me. Wow. What an insightful conversation that was with Stephen Vanofield, CEO of eSupply Canada. His profound commitment to the rights and interests of Indigenous communities, coupled with his passion for sustainable business development, truly sets a remarkable example for all of us. We've heard about his work in the child welfare system, his experiences in community engagement, and his advice to business owners on fostering meaningful relationships with Indigenous communities. In doing so, we've gained a deeper understanding of the incredible strides being made in Indigenous entrepreneurship. As we reflect on this enlightening discussion during National Indigenous History Month, let's remember the importance of acknowledging, respecting, and celebrating Indigenous communities' diverse histories, cultures, and contributions to our nation. Stephen's entrepreneurial journey inspires us all and is a reminder of the power of passion, perseverance, and cultural heritage in shaping our world. On behalf of Canadian SME and Indigenous SME Magazine, we want to thank Stephen for his time and insights, and you, our listeners, for joining us today. Your continued support enables us to bring these important conversations to light. Stay tuned for our next episode. Until then, let's continue to appreciate the richness of our diverse nation and remember the key message from today's episode. Meaningful progress stems from respect, understanding, and mutual cooperation. Thank you all and take care. Thank you for listening to the Canadian SME Podcast. Please visit canadiansme.ca to subscribe and join us next week as we share more expert advice from Canadian business leaders. Music